0: On those deep balls, when he throws those deep balls, if you go back and look at the film, um, he kicks his leg way up. His his uh, his back foot just kind of lifts up off the ground like he is doing a <laughs> uh <"Hiyah!"> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's like kicking somebody.
1: Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, my co-host John Powell and I review Georgia's 31-24 victory over Mike Leach in Mississippi State. As you can imagine, we do a deep dive into JT Daniels' spectacular debut. As always, remember you can follow us on social media at MyGottaPodcast. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, five stars obviously, and review the show. If you leave us a review, you just might hear it on an upcoming episode. Now let's join the conversation in progress. We were a, a little off on our uh, score predictions there. I uh, I definitely didn't see what happened coming
0: at all. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. And clearly Vegas didn't see it either because apparently Munsoning was definitely something we should have been doing.
1: Well, the funny <laughs> thing is like I was looking back, like as all the – like when we recorded, like I knew there were guys out, but I don't think that number had dropped yet, you know, like the number of – scholarship players that traveled and then when i heard all that i was like oh well man we were way over the top bunsenang kind of deal and then it was like we underestimated it that was you know it was like my thought process was all over the place the day of the game
0: right 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 i mean i don't think that frankly this this is one of those games where it's like you know you could call it a struggle win and certainly was to for many you know reasons but like if you'd have told me that, that they were going to be missing that many guys and show up the way that they did, that just speaks to either their ability to get guys excited to play, or we've got other issues going on on our side of things in terms of a motivation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely felt like it was definitely a tip of the cap to them. Right. I mean them motivation, um, I don't know having the guys that were there ready to play. I mean I'm sure that was a huge motivator for them, you know, us against the world kind of deal. Um but yeah, so right. I don't know. D- didn't see it coming, but we'll, so let's see. So let's run down our predictions quickly so we hit on the score. I went 27-14, you went or a whole uh, point off of 28-14. Final was 31-24. So yeah, we were you were you were pretty close on our score. You only missed us by 3 points. Um and then they scored
0: 10 more. So eh, not too bad. Yeah, Um, the defense (laughs) in in the defense we did we did not trust. uh, Yeah, seriously. On on Saturday, holy uh, cow!
1: I'm going to go in in reverse order of what we did. So (laughs) this is another thing Uh, we predicted: Mississippi State quarterback starter, and we both said Costello does Rogers, and Costello actually I think didn't even make the trip. So they kind of kept that close to the vest. Um, So I, I don't know. I guess we'll probably. I mean, Rogers, true freshman, had committed to Washington State and then switched to Mississippi State. So, I don't yeah. know. Maybe we'll see him continue there. Um, I
0: think that, I think that had we like, or at least I, I guess I should only speak for myself, but like during the broadcast, they actually talked a good bit about his recruitment and brought up a lot of that stuff. So, I didn't dive yeah. too deep into that, to be honest. So, I didn't know um, that piece
1: either. I knew he had played the game before, but like it sounded like everyone was just still assuming it was going to go back to Castello. So, not He
0: basically came to Mississippi State because of uh, the pirate. Right,
1: right, exactly so um let's see we both picked daniels as the starter and we were correct there um i went under on one and a half quarterbacks you went over so i was there daniels went wire to wire so that was cool and we will talk much about jt uh and then finally we both said yes to black jerseys, which was true um yes i guess we could kind of start with that i had i did have some notes about that so, First off, the jerseys looked awesome just with the team coming out of the tunnel, I thought. Like in the beginning, yeah. you know, like when the game started on the broadcast, they had this shot kind of like over the the banner that they run through into the tunnel, the smoke was going, and then walking out just looked cool. So, I don't know, I thought they looked clean there. And just the black jersey on the red helmet always looks awesome, I think. I do have some nitpicks. Um I didn't feel I actually didn't really like the dog collar uh on tv like generally you didn't notice but when they get in tight you can see it that was kind of distracting and then not a big fan
0: not a big fan of the dog collar
1: and then i didn't i also didn't like the the shoulders so i'll say i loved the numbers uh and like the font of everything also was clean i actually like it a lot better than what we usually have um but then the lack of a number on the shoulder was actually distracting to me. Like, first off, I don't like the new Bulldog as much. Like I like either standing Bulldog or Uga face, um, not mm-hmm. like the new looking Uga uh, face. <clears throat> so I didn't like that that much anyway. I kind of knew that going in, but like, they're also like, they didn't have their jersey number like on top of their shoulder or anything. Like they just had that Bulldog patch. So, Cause I actually had a couple, now maybe this is like, Jim, you need to wear your glasses. Well, you watch games, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I was like, who is that? Cause like, I couldn't see their number on their shoulder. I had to wait till they turned kind of thing. So, I don't know. but overall, glad to work, glad to see the black jerseys come out. Um, it does not matter. I think we make too big of a deal about it. And if we would make less of, big of a big deal about it, people would get over it, but whatever, that's my take. <laughs>
0: I completely agree. I'm not a big fan of the dog collar. Now, the the level of detail that you and many others like you (laughs) probably (laughs) is a little bit beyond me. And this is the part of the podcast where Tyler Dogden basically basically switches off.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes,
0: yes. But yeah, no, I'm all for things that the kids get excited about. Um, Right especially when they came through recruitment to finally get to see something like that. So like, to right. me, it just needs to be, if it's part of the recruiting pitch, it just needs to be part of the repertoire so that the guys can get, you know, yeah. <laughs> that they can yeah. live out, live out their dream of, of wearing those things. So like, it just seems really silly that we've gone so long and he's never brought them out.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that was fun. Yep. All right, uh, I don't know where to go. Like, I definitely want to talk a lot about uh, JT. <laughs>
0: um, let's go. Let's I don't know. go you defense. Want to do that first? You want
1: to talk defense first? Okay. Let's yeah. go
0: defense because okay, that we'll was a pile. That. that that that's the pile of hot garbage that we have going on right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like the I had, here's my first note. I, I had jotted down talk about what you didn't say with the preview about the triple option. So. This is me like being superstitious and not wanting to say things. And I need to get over it. Cause like what I say does not matter. <laughs> so I'm just, whatever, that's kind of how I am. Um, I made the comment uh, when we previewed the game around, like, you know, Kirby said that it's like the triple option and that it's you know, the only team that we're going to play that plays this and you're not preparing for this stuff every week. And I referenced Will Leach's comment from years ago um, at tech uh, in a post game around tech where he had said that it seemed like Kirby smart had solved Georgia tech. What I didn't want to say, and like, that was awesome. And that was in either 17 or 18. But what I didn't want to say was that in year one against tech under Kirby smart, we didn't do so well and they beat us. (laughs) So what I was kind of worried about was that like the first time we see this Mike Leach offense, would we be able to handle it? Right. And does it take multiple times playing them to figure it out? Um, so who knows um, definitely did not start off well defending against that offense
0: yeah no and I and to be honest I owe an apology to Graham Coffee because early on in the game I was advocating that we were just going to get absolutely obliterated in the zone scheme that we were in mm-hmm. um, and I was just hoping that we would go to more man coverage but Graham kind of pointed out that you know that's how teams have gotten absolutely destroyed uh, by this offense. And frankly, like as you look after afterwards, you know SEC StatCat came out with some stats that was talking about, and I think I sent them to you earlier today, where our defense is absolutely horrendous in man coverage, and. Had we done more man coverage, I feel like things might have been even worse than right. than they were last night, which was which is kind of crazy to me. And that's kind of like the the situation that we're in right now is like, what's gone on with the defense? And do we really miss LeCount and Jordan Davis as much as you know, as much as it seems like we are?
1: Right. I think yeah. I I mean that's the kind of thing where it's like oh don't make excuses. It's like well it's a fact. Like it's a fact that they're not there. Um, now it, you know next man up etc. And we talked about how it that seemed to play out in the Auburn game when LeCount went out. Um, I felt like it did not play out here. It didn't play out at Florida that way either. Although Florida we also lost. Scene. Um, D- so Davis, it's interesting with this with this game. Like how big of an impact would he have made? they ran better. They were more effective when the run with the run than I thought they would be. Not that they ran a lot, but it worked when they did
0: it. And I guess they it's almost like a rushed to Georgia.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess for them, it's almost like a trick play when they run the ball. It's like, what is the sorcery when they run the ball? You know? <laughs> um, so like, but you know, we were primarily going with a three man rush though. So like having Jordan Davis in the center of that three man rush, taking up multiple guys, I feel like we right. have, you know, made a bigger impact than who we had out there. Uh, uh, but I mean, I guess, you know, I guess we'll never really know. Um, but I know, that was kind of my thought. And then, yeah, I mean, we definitely miss, we miss LeCount, if anything else, just from like the communication standpoint of getting everyone, I don't know. Like there were guys looking at each other, pointing what just happened kind of stuff that I would like to think is um, less of an issue with LeCount out there, but who knows.
0: Right. Uh um, I mean, um, yeah. I think that, I think that, um, uh, I don't know, there's something going on with the offensive line, you know, as it, as it goes to on the, on the defensive side of things, as or the offensive side of things as well for us. But from a defensive yeah. perspective, you know, we were, I don't know, man, it, it makes me worried the way that we're, we, we still have a, we still have the top defense in the, in the conference, but like, just, it feels like that people are figuring out our defense and, that's largely what's going on across the board in the entire Southeastern conference is that maybe we don't need to be as concerned. And you and I were joking about this. We maybe need to change the mantra of, <laughs> of the podcast from in the defense we trust to, right. uh, I don't know, air it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted, uh, from the podcast account, uh, like late in the game. Um, this is now an air raid account. So, <laughs> um, it, it was like, I was kind of looking for like, what's the halftime adjustment going to be? What's the halftime adjustment going to be on the defense? And we came out, I uh, granted, we, you know, came out on offense first a touchdown drive, um, but like came out still three man rush, nothing changing. Um, I felt like the, where the defense, you know, got better and held them late and, you know, closed out the game with a sack, um, was more due to switching to, it wasn't necessarily a three man, a four man rush, but it was like a four man look. Right. So it looked like they were four coming and maybe they didn't. Sometimes one of those guys dropped back, but we lined up with it looking as though four were going to come. Whereas in the first half, it was always just three down linemen. Um, so I don't know, but you know, it we, I guess got the sack when it mattered right at the end. Um, we're not going to see this offense again. You know uh, it's, we will see concepts from it. You know um, some teams do stuff like that, but we'll see it next week. Um. so I don't know I, I don't know how much to look at like is this I don't know how worried to be about the defense in total like yeah it seems to have taken a step back we've seen the defense play poor against not just LSU and then Alabama you know, it's continued to go on but this one though I, I, I don't know what to make of it you know it's like we didn't defend this offense that only Mike Leach runs very well
0: <laughs> yeah and I don't think that the we didn't have any we didn't have any turnovers right we well there was a drop. that one
1: uh scene got hit in the numbers and you dropped it,
0: yeah, they dropped you dropped kick,
1: it. but that was it <clears throat> yeah
0: so yeah I, I'm not sure like this is actually something that uh you know is like an existential this is the existential crisis for for UGA fans is pivoting from being a run first offense which we're gonna get to the offense yeah. in a second but like the double-edged sword of having a prolific offense is that it puts a lot of stress on the defense so you end up in a lot of scenarios where you got three and outs much faster the the defense then racks up more plays and if you're trying to run the ball and it's not going anywhere then they're getting you know get a lot of three and outs and um, I mean just flat out just less less time for you to kind of There's none. There's none of those like seven-minute drives, five-minute drives, you know, where the offense is just grinding out yards and just chewing up clock. So, having the defense, you know, repping more during the game is something that we might have to get used to seeing.
1: Yeah, and I mean that again. That's the interesting thing with what Mississippi State does is like you hear air raid and you think airing it out bombs and that certainly wasn't it i mean i know they had the one long touchdown pass but it wasn't a long pass like it was more of a catch and run um i mean they were very much like dig and dunk and i feel i mean i guess the game plan was you know keep everything in front of you like after their first their opening drive it was like oh a lot of yards but only three points and it kind of made me feel like the kentucky game with their first long sustained drive and you know they got a field goal and then we were like shut them down so that's kind of where my head was going. I was like, oh, well, they got a lot of yards, but, you know, we held them to a field goal. That's okay, right? And then it was like, nope. <laughs> uh, that You know, we, we weren't able to do that. Like, they just kept getting touchdowns. Um, but I'm guessing that was a bit of the game plan. And because there was, like, I know we were texting nonstop, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, first down is, like, guaranteed five-yard pass over the middle every time. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. Yep. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't I feel like there's we probably shouldn't put too much stock into it though, you know, just from the uniqueness of what we were playing against. But we'll see.
0: That's fair. Um I certainly would love to have Jordan Davis back. You know, the and yep. the and the, the passing defense, um that, that's that's the that's the big head scratcher, is just how pedestrian our past defense has been the mm-hmm. entire in the entirety of the of the season. So like not really I'm not really sure what to th- what to think about that. Like I said, we're missing the count. Obviously is gonna be a, a big bump, but like there's been a noticeable drop in production on the defensive side of the ball from a passing game standpoint.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there has. All right. I don't know. Anything else defense, or you you want to talk about the uh kind of the opposite uh
0: I mean opposite side uh, of this one the story, the story of the game was the offense. I mean, that's kind of why I want to yeah. go ahead and get the defensive side out of the way. We've got to get, we've got concerns, yeah. obviously the uniqueness of the offense they're up against, but, you know, welcome, welcome to UGA JT Daniels, <laughs> or just throwing just, just TDs or whatever, whatever. Oh, it yeah, is that called. was
1: what a, uh, that was uh, yeah, yeah. That was a, uh, I know Chase Kelly tweeted that just touchdowns. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> JTD. So I like that, Print um, that shirt. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so it's a good thing it panned out uh, the way it did. Cause we could not run the ball. Um, I mean, we had no running game, but I mean, really it, like we did talk about the fact that Mississippi state had a good defense coming in. Um what, what did surprise me again, cause my mind had kind of shifted a bit, especially during the day on Saturday when the numbers started coming out, right. About how few players had traveled. Um, I was expect. I don't know. I was expecting to be able to do a lot more. Um, but I mean, they totally were selling out to stop the run. They were daring us to throw and, I think you said to me, like, would we have won that game with either of the other guys at quarterback? And I think it's a very valid question because what we saw in this game was there were guys running around wide open and JT Daniels got the ball to him.
0: Yeah. The it, the way that they were playing defense, and that's something that I feel like that, you know, when, when I was retweeting and, you know, bleacher report was tweeting about jt daniels and like he was obviously jt daniels was getting a lot of love on twitter on saturday night and i saw yeah. like some of my some of my florida friends you know auburn friends like people were just like you know y'all need to just calm down over there like you guys beat mississippi state and i feel like that that's something that has really been like caught you know, mixed up into this whole season and this whole 2020 Mm -hmm. situation is the fact that Mississippi state, even though they only had, you know, 40 something, 49, whatever it is, you know, scholarship players, and they've had players dropping out all season long. Like they still have played lights out defense across the board. Their issues have been on the offensive side of the ball and how many times they've turned the ball over, which is part of the reason why they saw a new quarterback come up against the best defense in the sec. Um, you know, they basically threw out a new quarterback out there similar to the way that we did. And, you know, they're the number three defense in the sec as it stands right now from a statistical standpoint, they're a very good rush defense. They're very good pass defense. Um, and, you know, I think that, that we got a lot of, we got discounted a lot from other areas of, you know, sportsdom or college footballdom, um, the fact that oh yeah you guys just beat Mississippi State. Talk to me when you beat Florida. And frankly, like right. you know, not to go backwards, but like I feel like that if we had this offense against Florida, we probably would have beat them. I don't know that we would have beaten Alabama, but if you throw JT Daniels into the mix in that Florida game, if he were to perform the way that he performed, I think that we walk away with a win there for sure. Um, yeah, I and mean, with, much... a, with
1: a with a healthy healthy uh, and confident JT Daniels, right? I think that's the key because I, I, I mean, right. basically it sounds like he wasn't there back then so sorry i keep going
0: yeah which we'll get to that that stuff in this in a second which i feel like that that's going to be another big a big long discussion as well but <laughs> um yeah I, I i think that he he very clearly showed the the skill set that he has i don't know did you did you watch that video that i sent you from top villain right uh with murph murph baldwin
1: i did watch that yes
0: yeah, so that that video was was pretty uh, pretty awesome because he had done so much time analyzing film with JT Daniels as a recruit when he worked with uh, when he worked with rivals. I think doing I think he was actually the the kind of the beat writer for for USC for a while there. Um, so you know when I was watching those videos and watched the videos of him breaking things down, like I mean he was he was genuinely impressed. The way that he was talking was just like the same kind, of, same kind of things and same kind of film analysis that people were giving Joe Burrow and stuff. Like, he was just dropping dimes. And, you know, I, you, you realize watching it, like, in full speed on the actual game day, you know, you were like, man, we're just spraying the ball all over the field. And then at the end of the game, you realize I – I didn't realize that he threw 400 yards until, you know, yeah. after the analysis and stuff. Four, 400 yards, four touchdowns, the best quarterback, you know, statistical – performance since Aaron Murray I think in 2013 versus Auburn something yep. like that Yeah, pre- that's right
1: Ugh, yes <laughs> of course <laughs> that had to be it right it's like
0: <laughs> yeah yeah dang it um, you can edit you can edit that out no, no, uh, no that's fine <clears> no so uh, watching the film review was just like man like he was hitting checkdowns he was hitting a deep ball like I mean you and I were messaging back and forth like you know why aren't we running the ball? We just aren't. We're, we we, we could we literally couldn't do anything. Mississippi State basically sold out to stop the yeah. run because they didn't believe that we could beat them over the top. And exactly. Boy, did we prove them wrong. Um, well, that I mean, was that, the
1: thing that, too. Is it right? It's like, and that's where, and I I think it was with a friend of the show, Tim Ravi, was texting me as well, like, um, you know, like like run the ball, <laughs> kind of stuff. And I was like, at, at, at one point, I was like, no, like throw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, you was know, like we, it's like we can't run the ball tonight for whatever reason. Um, I will say like there were a couple of plays late where we did something different, like there was a toss sweep um uh, there was a yeah, i haven't watched i, haven't I, tweeted, watched that, I tweeted
0: that, <laughs> I, tweeted that I, was like, I was like does this toss sweep even still exist anymore and then, then we, they, like then we did they it right later, they did it and i was like they do exist
1: <laughs> well it was like on the on the last drive where we basically needed to chew the clock and just end the game and we didn't we ended up punting but um which basically was all because of that the penalty that was called on Darnell Washington, which I never saw a replay of. Um, mm. So I don't know, like the blindside block. Um, <clears throat> but it, it was, you know, that play was a good running play. I guess there was an illegal block, allegedly, according to the officials. Um, but there was another play though, where like we had like a bit of a, a formation that we hadn't seen all night um, and had a good run with Zemir White. So that's the kind of thing where it's like, and Kirby did say something in the press conference. I don't remember which one, just about like being, you know, that you can, find ways to run and be creative. I did kind of feel like the running, the runs that we did very much felt like we have to run it sometimes so that they at least don't know what we're going to do, but it may not work, but it's going to keep them honest. (laughs) And it didn't feel like, I don't know, there was like a whole lot of thought or much trying into run different variations, you know? Um, But again, the, the past, but i got to the point where I was just like, uh you know not uh yelling what is on the hat that you're wearing right now I was not saying run the dang ball I was just like throw the dang ball why are we even running
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean yeah I mean I think that we had the we had kind of this opposite of, of the last game where we you and I were getting frustrated that we would come out after like we would come out and start throwing on first and second down, and we were like, "Why are we throwing? We have no business even yeah. trying to throw the ball right now. Let's run the ball." And then we come out similarly. Like in the second half, I feel like that they were trying to run the ball, and we were like, "Why are we? Why are we running the ball? Can we just throw right. it, <laughs> right? So, exactly." But that said, but that said, like even even with what we were doing, like I think that you know some stats to to really talk about that really are are just jarring and eye popping when you think about them. So, so Georgia, Georgia had a, it was a this is from SEC StatCat. Georgia had what 0.33 rushing yards before contact on average. Mm. That is, that is yeah. absolutely in your face. We don't give a crap about what you're doing on offense from a passing mm-hmm. game standpoint, we're going to shut you down. So yep like yep. only one carry for 10 yards <laughs> in the, yeah. the entire the entire game. So yeah. like when you when you can't get that kind of push off the line, like there at that point you do have to look at the numbers and this is where I think that some of the moneyballing that that's that's going on in the sports world is you basically have to throw everything to the wind when you have stats like that staring you in the face. The other thing that right. I feel like was just eye popping was the fact that you know, his uh, JT Daniels completion percentage, his adjusted completion percentage, which I think rules out what like drops and uh, things mm-hmm. like that, like basically just pure passes that he was able to get to receivers. Um, you know, he had a 95% completion percentage. If you are wow. throwing the ball and are catching it 95% of the time, that to me is just, yeah, let's not even, let's not even worry about running the ball, particularly when you're talking about, particularly when you're talking about throwing it deep. And that's where I feel like that in my mind as I'm looking at this game. I'm thinking back to the previous games. Like you and I were asking these questions. Why are we throwing the ball so deep? Why do we keep throwing, going, going for it all? Why are we doing these things when it just doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense. Now I'm starting to realize that I feel like that Munkin's been running this offense and we talked about it like he's been running this offense without the right personnel and yeah. you know some of that's on Munkin and I think that as we do a post-mortem on this season we still have to kind of address some of that this this lack of accountability for you know we've got to run an offense with the personnel that we have available to us yeah. and in this case we have JT Daniels now available and I feel like now that square square peg fits in the square hole, and you mm-hmm. know the yeah. circle pegs are no longer really part of the equation unless they need to be. Which let's knock on wood, knock on your head, Jim. Um, that we don't need we don't need to go back to those guys, and that JT Daniels can continue his progression here to set us up for a really nice 2021, and not put too much pressure on the incoming superstar quarterback of the future. Um, right. But when you look at when you look at his passing charts and you look at his 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 deep balls and things like that, like I mean, we went from having a quarterback that could barely complete forty percent of his passes um, to all of a sudden we've got a quarterback that's completing you know sixty percent of his passes. So he's seventy three percent on
1: the game, deep on, on the
0: deep balls. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 he comp- I'm talking about on the deep balls, like, deep throwing, ball throwing deep. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So like, um, you know, the other thing, the other numbers to look at, I think when we were looking at Stetson Bennett's numbers, um, his uncatchable pass rate was like 30 something percent, I think, or something, something ridiculous where it was just like, you yeah. know, three out of 10 times he's, he's throwing a ball that no one's going to catch, right. um, And then the interceptable pass, the numbers are basically cut in half. So he was basically throwing passes that had very, very low percentages of being intercepted by the defense and very, very low percentages of uncatchable. So those are the types of things that are going to create a very successful passing game for us moving forward, especially if we can replicate that against teams that have much worse defenses, much like our upcoming game. And frankly, you know, the hindsight's 2020, you know, Florida has a worse defense than Mississippi state. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, I, I, I had a moment in the game, so I, I want to take you back to the previous episode and I talked about, you know, wanting to see Daniels and that I hadn't had that moment yet this season that I've had in the past, right? So I talked about an App State game in 17, kind of had that moment when Fromm came in. It was like, whoa, this is the guy. I have to update. I got a text message from my wife uh, late last week. She was listening to our preview episode, and this is what she texted me. I'm about halfway through the podcast, dot, dot, dot. You sound like you are hoping for a Hallmark Christmas movie romance with your quarterback situation. (laughs) So I got a good laugh out of that. I was like, whatever. I just, I I know what I want. I know what I want. Why can't, why can't I be happy? (laughs) Whatever is my (laughs) door. So we're sitting on the couch watching the game Saturday night. There's a point in the game. I think it was like the long bomb um, to Burton for a touchdown. And I I put my hand on my wife's knee and I looked her in the eye and I said, I just had my hallmark moment
0: with a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, which I think was everybody's hallmark moment because you know Battle hymnal, uh... Battle Himmel did this I, When I was watching the Battle hymnal and Graham and those guys were reviewing, uh, Graham and Nathan, um, you know when they were reviewing the film there, um, you know I I had to pause it in the middle of that because you know I, I haven't watched, I didn't get an opportunity to watch the game uh, on replay. For, for, for this time around so like god bless those guys for doing the film review for me right um because i paused it on that exact pass play um on one of the plays maybe it's not the exact one but like one of the plays to burton for his touchdown where he like kind of slid kind of slyly like he kind of came up was like oh yeah like what i just did kind of thing yeah um you know, our quarterback had multiple options underneath, but you felt like that he was going to complete that ball deep when he threw it, you know, he he passed up two options that were shorter that were open and he tried to hit Burton. I think that goes back to, you know, earlier this season, if Stetson Bennett hits those passes, it's moxie Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I think that's a perfect example of that. Like if he gets intercepted or if it goes incomplete, it's like, Oh, suddenly that touchdown gets wiped off the board and we're in fourth down. We got to kick a field goal. But yeah he completed it and it was a tough pat it was a tough tough throw and he's the one that was able to complete it and that to me was my hallmark moment was watching him you know yes i've got other options which holy cow we need to talk about that as well you know seeing wide open receivers he was doing checkdowns he was hitting the ball deep um, he was making all the throws and looked all every bit the five star quarterback that we've been, Hoping that he would be, and I have I have some thoughts on how he stacks up, and you know the whole conversation with Jamie Newman, um, because yeah. I no longer feel like that he left because of he was going to lose the job to Stetson Bennett or anything like that. I actually feel like yeah. that you know, based on what we saw uh, out there, that perhaps he left because he knew what was going to happen eventually at some point this season that he was going to get beaten out by a healthy JT Daniels and it would hurt his draft stock even more had he had to endure losing the starting job to JT Daniels.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot more sense than what we had heard before because, like, it it didn't, you know, seemingly he wouldn't have thought he was going to lose it right away uh, based on what we've heard now. And we can get to that in just a second, but... um, yeah, that would make sense. I, I was going to say with that, like that bomb, the Burton. it actually even reminded me of in 2007, the original blackout game against Auburn, like same end zone, same corner of the end zone, Stafford to Massaqua, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that huge bomb. Um, I don't know, it reminded me of that. Now, um, Burton was not as open as Massaqua was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Same same corner of the end zone made me think of that. Uh that was amazing. Uh we had the return of George Pickens and he looked like George Pickens um that we've known and love. That was awesome, snatching the ball out of the air. Um we had a D-Rob sighting. I mean to your point, like the checkdowns. I mean he, and like we saw receivers like snatching the ball out of the air, extended. Um, it just looked completely different. And then have to bring up the uh, first the 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 last touchdown right where first down dropped touchdown in the end zone uh, oh, by much. Jackson second down dropped touchdown by Pickens who I just mentioned in the end zone third down converted but called back for holding so then we have third and twenty and I tweeted I tweeted it was like uh, you know first down TD drop second down TD drop third down holding. Third down again, JT. I got this. It's <laughs> just like yeah, another exactly. just absolute bomb to Jackson, and Jackson was wide open uh, on that one. Uh, I mean, the deep ball was clicking, and I think you're right, like on those reads, right? Like, like we, like you said, like maybe Bennett and Mathis were making the right read based on what they've been coached to do, actually, right? Um, by mm-hmm. Munkin because it definitely looked like that was the right read with JT throwing the ball. Um, I think he's just was a better deep ball than those guys do
0: yeah no i i think that that's that's definitely accurate and it's just nice to see someone completing these passes i mean and you know you go back and you think about it like um you know we're talking about the the completion percentage that he has like what was it, it was like 73 or 74 percent or something like that yeah. um the was it rogers Rodgers was the Mississippi State quarterback. I think that they had mentioned in the game that he actually leads the SEC or something like that in, in completion percentage. I mean, he, and he had like 70%. Like he was yeah. completing 70% of his passes. So JT Daniels suddenly is you know, leading the SEC in completion percentage <laughs> as far as I sit. But like right. obviously you need to throw more balls or have more starts or whatever. But like, you know, all of those all those numbers – I feel like are kind of underscoring that we were just sorely missing a player that could make, th- make the throws that were demanded of the offense that was put in front of them. Yeah. And we finally have a guy that can do it. And frankly, like, I mean, he was, he exhibited some mobility and I, uh, the, the other concern is that I feel like, I don't know how, I don't know how you felt, but like every time one of those sacks happened, I was just like, holding my breath i was just like waiting to see like oh my gosh is he gonna get up is he gonna get up and i heard i heard someone say that he was actually limping around a little bit which i mean i don't think i saw that but like i mean the guy's got a brace on um in the top billings in the top billings video review murph baldwin made a comment that his mechanics looked a little weird which you know, I went back and looked at some of those older older videos of him, kind of kicking his foot up on those deep balls. When he throws those deep balls, if you go back and look at the film, um, he kicks his leg way up. His his uh, his back foot just kind of lifts up off the ground like he is doing a <laughs> uh, <"Hey-haw!"> yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's like kicking somebody, and and I went back and looked at his his tape on, on some of those deep balls. And he did kind of do that a little bit, but nothing like what he did during, uh, during the game on Saturday. And I wonder if that has to do with, you know, his injury. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I noticed that a little bit live in the game, just like, I mean, when he throws the deep ball, like just the way he heaves it, I mean, it is like a full body throwing motion. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, that, that was how I noticed it during the game or what, or what I noticed. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, I, I guess, I, I'm not as uh, hung up on this as I was on Saturday and even on Sunday when I was texting you, um, just around the the talk we've just had around you know we didn't have the guy or we the office was kind of built for him, it seems or right or, or, or I guess he's able to execute what was being asked all year, I would say. Um, so obviously the questions arose, you know, why didn't we see him? Until now, which again, we talked about in the preview, we said, man, if he comes out there and lights it up, then all the questions are going to come in. Why didn't we see him? Why didn't we see him? Um, And I think like at this point now, after having read that article and I forget who it was, but where there's quotes, whoever was that interviewed his dad, um, like when the family is coming in and backing it, backing up the coach's decision, right. And saying like, they played him when he was, you know, ready um that I think I'm okay with it I'll just say that like the way Kirby answered the questions Saturday night I feel like he does himself a disservice when he you know there was the one question was like what do you say to someone who says why didn't he play it before tonight <laughs> his response was something like well I say that I've been doing this for 25 years and I know what it's like ugh, like just <laughs> that was <laughs> like, that was his like, why does was he his, have to say that that was his in the arena comment, right? Exactly. I don't know. So I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> Wasn't the that Rick? Rick? Rick was the one that said in the arena. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the in the arena defense. But I mean, um, and then I think it was actually Graham Coffee had, had uh, like retweeted so there because there was a quote from Daniels where Daniels got asked, he was like, "Well, like you know." As far as I'm concerned, I was cleared after the Arkansas game. And ever since then, it was a coach's decision. And Graham was like, and thus JT Daniels' media availability has ended. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we'll never hear from him again.
0: We're um, never going to hear from that guy again. Tim Riggins. Tim yeah. Riggins looking guy up there. <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, uh, definitely an improvement, I would say, uh, without the mustache. Um, I don't know. Just my opinion. Agreed. Um, but like, so there was, there was the kind of the, in the arena type comment. And then, I mean, just say he wasn't physically ready. I mean, and he kind of like roundabout eventually said it. Um, Cause it basically, it sounds like he wasn't cleared for Arkansas. So he didn't want to give him all those reps. So they went, you know, to Mathis. Um, and so then he gets cleared after them. And so then he's, you know, whatever, two weeks behind, I guess, on reps, two to three weeks behind on, on first team reps. And, but there was also some talk about his mobility. Like that they felt like he was not moving well in the pocket. Um, and not even that they needed like a running quarterback, but whatever, just escape ability, which we saw was good uh, on, on the, it was, I can't remember if it was the first down or second down uh, touchdown drop. Like he made an amazing escape in the pocket where he like ducked under somebody spun around and then flung it perfectly. I think it was the Pickens one. Um so yeah, I mean, he, he was able to move. We didn't see any, like, you know, he wasn't like running the zone or even reading, keeping it. I don't think he's that kind of quarterback, but um, didn't need him to do that. So I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I was not happy. I, I would guess I would just say that I wasn't so much happy with the answers that were given. Like at this point with what I know, I'm not so much questioning, like he should have been out there. Why wasn't he out there? Sounds like we know, like he, yes, he was medically cleared, but, you know, they've talked about that he's continued to get stronger and Daniel said he's thankful for Corson and the training staff, you know, getting, you know, continuing to help him increase his strength and mobility, et cetera. So I don't know. I, I, but I felt like the way everything was answered Saturday night could have been answered better to decrease the freak out. Um, I guess, I don't know. I guess it doesn't so much really matter anyways, but. I don't yeah, know. That's kind of my idea.
0: The, yeah. uh, the the author of the article that puts everything to bed was Mike Griffith, by the way. Was um, it? Yeah, it was Mike Griffith on Dog Nation. Um, okay. he's the one that that got to the bottom of that and got all of the quotes from his parents. And yes. and, and I, I mentioned this on as well, was you know on Twitter, but um you know, if you read that article, and if guys, if you if you want to give a read to it I haven't don't know what we're talking about uh the headline is no second guessing from JT Daniels family after 401 yard passing performance that's the headline yeah um they were not second guessing him and neither should you dog nation um go and read go and read it um dog nation not not go and read dog nation but like we're talking (laughs) to the the dog nation proper (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, but yeah I mean basically the dad got up and said, you know, we appreciate Kirby taking our son's, you know, health into consideration and not rushing things. And like, they, I mean, his dad even comes out and flat out says that you could just tell after the surgery, when he got out and was started practicing and things like you could just tell that he was not a hundred percent. And if your dad can tell, I promise you that Todd Monken and Kirby smart and, all the players probably can tell that yeah. he's not a hundred percent. And so that left, you know, unfortunately, and this is part of, you know, part of the whole transfer saga, you know, Jamie Newman had taken up all those first, first team snaps, you yeah. know, left Stetson Bennett and Dwan Mathis, who was also coming off of and off of an injury and hadn't played in a while. So like really our options were super limited at quarterback. And so, for anyone yeah. to come back and say JT Daniels should have been playing all along, that's easy to say in hindsight. But had he had we thrown him out there, you know, three weeks ago or you know four weeks ago, whatever it was, we were at Alabama. If he had been out there for the Alabama game, after witnessing the struggles of you know Mathis and Stetson um, coming on or whatever, but like very clearly, you know, he wasn't going to be throwing the ball super deep with effectiveness. So. Yeah. Had we thrown Daniels out there at an Alabama or in the Florida game or something along those lines, you know, there's no telling what would have happened had he gotten hurt again, which I think, you know, someone made the, uh, I can't remember who who it was. Someone made the uh, comparison to Blaylock coming back too early um, Mm -hmm. and gets hurt. So, you know, I think that there's a little bit of that involved as well Is that this is kind of an, an, an odd year in general, we don't really have a whole lot of good good options, but got him. We got a quarterback that seems like he's you know at least close to hundred percent, if not already a hundred percent, based on yeah. how he was moving around, like you were saying that one that one pass play where he juked out two defenders. You know that was impressive for a guy that yeah. supposedly you know had just had cleanup surgery, quote unquote, in January. Which uh, you know that's something else to to kind of throw a wrench in. Had had he had just had he had just had his surgery last year and, you know, gone through the recovery and all that kind of stuff. I do feel like that he probably would have been starting from day one. Had he not had that surgery back in January, that really threw a wrench into everything. Because, you know, yeah. once you go back in for a cleanup surgery at that point, it becomes, well, how much cleanup did they really have to do? Like, what, what's, were their complications yeah, what after that on, surgery? Man. Like yeah. nobody really knows what was going on, but obviously his parents did. So yeah. And I'm glad to see that it wasn't his parents that were coming out here and saying, like, yeah, we didn't want him to play. We asked him not to, you know, whatever. At least they're like supporting, at least they're supporting the right. narrative that this right. was.
1: A, a, the other know, side
0: the, made for great Twitter
1: rumors a few weeks ago, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tw- great uh, Twitter rumors, guys, but not rooted yeah. in reality, it seems. So. Right.
1: I don't know. I it just overall, like, you know, kind of what we had asked for is like, you know, have a plan. We clearly had a plan In this game. It was JT Daniels. And let's see if we can find someone who can be that day one starter next year. And I know it's one game, but JT Daniels certainly look capable of that. Um, so I don't know. you know, he, he, Yeah. He, he is the guy. He is the, he is the guy for now. Um, And I feel like we're we're in pretty good hands.
0: Yeah. As as uh, Steve Daniels, as Mr. Daniels uh, said, you know, frankly, this was this was a huge this was a huge thing to be putting out on the recruiting trail, in my opinion, Mm because, you know, not only does he specifically cite, you know, the support that the staff and Kirby Smart gave to Dwan Mathis to allow him to come back. And gave him a shot and give him a chance multiple times, and yep. um, and then he then he goes on to say, you know, we're ecstatic to be part of the the bulldog family, and they want to see where it can go, and basically said the same thing: we got the talent, we got the system, let's go. Like that's what yep. he said: <laughs> we got the talent, we got the system, let's go. Yep, I agree. I
1: agree, Mister Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> dog dog bones all around. Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Cool. All right, that's all I got for this one. Um, I don't know, you got anything else?
0: Hmm. We did we haven't talked about the hot garbage that the offensive line on the running game was, but I think that some of that was due to what we were doing. But I do think that there were things that were happening along the offensive line and with the film review, you know, Mr. Mr. Schaefer. Um, there's there's a couple of things that I saw in the game where I'm not really sure what we were doing along the offensive line that I do feel like our concerns that we have because it's been mind numbingly inconsistent the entire Mm -hmm. year.
1: Yeah. I mean, they were definitely, you know, they were stacking the box. They were doing like zone run blitzes and such, but I mean, the issue like the the stat you had earlier about the yards pre contact being so low, those are pretty eye popping. And I would say it matches up with what I felt like I was seeing. I mean, the backs had nowhere to run at all. I mean, it was like, they got handed the ball and they were getting hit is what it felt like. And that sounds like that kind of played out. I mean, our offensive line was getting, I mean, they were getting whipped, right. I mean, they were getting bull rushed. They're getting knocked back. There was no push, um, except for a handful of plays. Right. Um, so that definitely needs to be worked on. I would say like, you know, if I'm South Carolina and I look at the tape here, I'm not so sure that I would say like, Hey, let's sell out to stop the run and make them beat us through the air. Cause they saw what just happened. And I, we'll, we'll talk about that when we preview South Carolina, but, um, I was just going to we'll, say, wait a second.
0: Did we just pivot to South Carolina? Right. Yeah.
1: Right, yeah. Next episode, <laughs> next episode. But, um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of how, I guess that's how I'm kind of looking at it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, uh, was not good, Bob, uh, <laughs> 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 on, on saturday um definitely needs to improve
0: yeah i mean if you'd have told me that we were going to get into a track meet with mississippi state i would have told you that it was going to end very poorly for the georgia bulldog uh the boys in red and black um yeah. but the fact that we survived somewhat of a track meet ish um, yeah um to me was 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 nice to see us because obviously we weren't able to do that earlier in the season multiple times right um but it was nice to not see see things that didn't go right on defense at least get somewhat supported like I don't know about you but when I was watching the game and we were in like a third down or whatever like Mm kind of like that touchdown pass to Burton where he had a couple of guys down short to try to get the first down but like whenever we got into those third down scenarios like I remember watching the game I was outside you know it was kind of we had a fire going and everything like that. And I was just like, yeah, we got this. We're going to, we're going to convert this. We got this. Like, That's how I, felt, just, too. That's
1: how I just felt, felt too. It just felt like that we
0: could do whatever we wanted to with in the passing game. And frankly, the numbers bear that out based on what we were just talking about. But like, I never yeah. really doubted that he was going to convert the third downs. Now would I prefer that we have better success on first and second down, which I think was something that they talked about in the broadcast that Mississippi state was doing really well about um, the fact that they're, they're getting into third and short and third and mediums, um, that we weren't really giving them too much of a, um, you know, too much of a problem, uh, on third down. So for us to convert those things was nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool.
1: Actually, you know what? The only, the only other thing I didn't say was why we're late. We did both have kind of crazy weekends. Um, I had, uh, my oldest daughter had uh, like the premiere of her play online uh, that they've been working on for a while. My youngest daughter was in a soccer tournament. Your son was in a soccer tournament, so we were both <laughs> back and forth from soccer fields on uh, Saturday and, and Sunday, and we were quite exhausted. So, thus, that's why we're recording this Monday night <laughs> instead of the usual right. Sunday. So that's the, the reasoning as yes, for getting up. We we had we had lots of uh, dad dad duties going on this weekend. So.
0: <laughs> hashtag dad
1: life that's right that's right so <laughs> uh, i forgot there's something i forgot to mention basketball so we've got the first basketball game is actually this week it's on wednesday uh kind of did you did you see that we are also already have a cancellation Mm-mm. yeah so uh and it's actually the second game <laughs> So supposed to play uh, Gardner-Webb on Saturday and they're having uh, COVID issues. And so that has been canceled and they are looking for a replacement. Um, So I did see, uh, shoot, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was like, Georgia Tech. (laughs) For George Deck in there because they're not on the schedule. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm definitely worried with like basketball is indoors and all this stuff, but so we'll we'll, we'll see how, how much into it we can get.
0: So so David Hale, David Hale got into a, a bit of a situation on Twitter about that. Um I don't know if you follow him. He used to be the beat writer, I think, for the Athens Banner yeah. Herald or something like that. Yep, he was. Um so he he had said something on Twitter about that, like he was basically saying, "I just don't see how they're gonna have a normal basketball season." Like mm-hmm. I think that we should probably start looking at the. We should probably start looking at like April, May launch date as opposed hmm. to like right now because I just don't, I, and I, and I agree with him, frankly, because the way that things are going right now, like I've got, I mean, I, I look out at my my friends, you know, sphere or whatever, like you got people mm-hmm. that usually have like these massive holiday parties in the neighborhood. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're not having anything. Yeah. You know, it's COVID and, 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 until they get a vaccine. Right. Like if they're canceling like Christmas parties amongst people whose kids and frankly, you know, wives and guys have been hanging out. Like if you're, if you're canceling Christmas parties like that, when we've literally been doing this kind of stuff all day, all, all year along with, you know, pool, summer, Mm. you know, kids, kids in the neighborhood kind of thing, like get togethers, you know, here and there, small get togethers here and there. But like, I don't know. I just don't see the basketball season and and the football college football has been absolutely going nuts with it too. Like (laughs) you got got BYU can't get a deal done with Washington because Washington refuses to guarantee that they're going to (laughs) play. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know, man. I just don't see basketball happening this year. Like it's just a, it's just like the worst timing possible in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We got uh first game is Wednesday. Uh, so November 25th against Columbus state. So um, it's going to be like a total, I mean, totally different team. Right. We talked about Anthony Edwards is gone uh, a lot of other turnover aside from that. I mean, Severe Wheeler, point guard, is back, and then Tumani Kamara, and then it's like a bunch of transfers. <laughs> so I, I, I uh, I'm gonna have to watch to like fam- refamiliarize myself with the roster. So uh, I, I looked forward to do that. Uh, I'll do that Wednesday night. Um, so I don't, th- that's 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 my uh, basketball season preview. <laughs> <a> that show. <nutshell>. Uh, <laughs> ho- 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 hopefully we can play the games, and I'm looking forward to meeting these guys. So. Cool, man. All right.
0: You got anything else? I got nothing else. Let's just roll on with the season and see where the chips fall. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Go, dogs. Go, dogs.